because you know why? He's a Frankenstein's monster. Ugh, he's grotesque. Oh. <laughs> he's so grotesque. <laughs> this is part of the lore now, is that we have Frankenstein monsters fighting in the U.S. Army. This is always a challenge. It's always hunting season. It's always hunting season. I've solved the problem of what Eddie's going to play with. <laughs> Sit down. Sit down. I've been down here in the lab all night working on it. Oh, yeah? What did you come up with? A yo-yo? <laughs> a beanbag? A pogo stick? Now <laughs> <laughs> sit there. I'll show you. Say hello to your new daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Grandpa, he's beautiful. Hello and welcome to another one-of-a-kind genre finding. Oh, boy. Slapped together in a few hours in the basement with so many eye holes. Episode of the Munster Hunters. The only show that dares to shun everything in existence, minus some 60-year-old sitcom about a Frankenstein's monster and his grotesque family. My name is Derek. I am hanging in there as a monster hunter. I am that cat off a branch um, (laughs) version of monster hunters. Yes. Joining me at the monster-headed sectional of monsterism for another week is the one and only Sean DMC himself, Keith. Hey, hey, what's up? KG, Shun DMC, uh, Monster Hunter Extraordinaire, just looking at the clock and seeing how many, how much longer am I still a Monster Hunter? <laughs> and the countdown wow. begins. He's about mm-hmm. to retire, I guess. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> Keith, Keith is the, the Monster Hunter's equivalent of Danny Glover and Lead the Weapon. Yep. Dang, his two days to retirement, um, and then another season of the monsters came. Somebody's out. gonna blow up his boat. Too old for the <laughs> shit. Daughter or something. Oh, that other voice you hear, and he's the guy is over there in a straight jacket, dislocating his shoulder to separate and to uh-huh. get out of there and mm-hmm. fight some South Africans, and avenge mm-hmm. his dead girlfriend or something. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the one and only Doctor A of Kansas, Terry. Hey, yeah. I mean, I'm a man on the edge. Um, I'm a wild guy. I'm predictable. I may not play by the book, but I get results. So people put up with me. Yes. I'm not going to call you the uh, Mel Gibson of the podcast, but I'll call yeah, you. Yeah, I would rather you not. I'll yeah. call you the Detective Riggs of the podcast. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a lot like that character in many ways. Very buff, um, fit. Uh, Long hair. Mullet, uh, yeah. Mullet style. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Unhinged. Yes. Oh, You're all very, those things. Very unhinged. Um, everybody says that about me. So, I I think that Detective Riggs would have been a much more pleasant individual if people would have just taken the time to say, how are you guys doing? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> uh, I'm trying not to say things because you already. Oh, boy. We're, we're on track for something here, and I don't want to derail us. We're on track for something. What are we on track for? Oh, well, I, he's well, got I, something big prepared. Oh no, 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 no! I just, I was just thinking of of some past episodes and 
So you're making reference to something I just said I'm going to edit out. <laughs> I, that's, that's why I decided I knew. I didn't want to do it. Yeah, it seems like you... Sorry, it was all bottled up inside. Yeah. I just no, had to let it out. I don't want to bring it up because I know you've edited oh, it out. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you got a straight okay. to the water hole right there, Keith. Yeah. Right to the water hole. People have to figure it out on their own. He's going to edit this out. It's going to be a sharp edit to... <laughs> just to the ending song, the credits. But yeah, whatever. I don't even know what the closing thing is. I don't ever listen to it. You know what I do listen to? Mm. Keith talk about numbers. So Terry and I, I, I we need to don't. recline. Let us recline yep. so Keith can relax. saunter his way up. Yeah, we can relax. Keith is tense mm. as a motherfucker because he's about ready to touch that. Oh, God, that book. You can tell the tension is palpable in the air as he approaches that book. Oh, man. Yeah. But, but I mean, at least the, at least the nope. shelves are very clean around the book. Which yeah, is nice. you had that going for you. But just sphincters uh, stretching stretch out here get the neck loosen up the neck muscles here yep. mm-hmm. he, Keith is loosening little, up his little, little, neck muscles little, little downward dog he's, uh, he's doing, doing a yoga. downward dog yep, yep. quick little bit of yoga and then I'm popping right back up boom let's grab that I didn't think about what the book is like just grab it and open up real quick not even pay attention. I mean, if we were Hopefully, to describe it, it would be unimaginable. I'm, yeah, I'm, people can, if you want to know what the book looks like, just listen to the last few episodes. People Go back, listen. Yeah. Well, let me open it up. Hopefully, it's the right And it is the right page. That's I'm awesome. going to tell you what. You didn't even let me tell people what's going on. Again. Holy shit. I did that like three weeks in a row now. Yeah. I forget we, got, we may have first-time listeners. I'm there's sorry, There's people that are like. With how many episodes left? Six. This is I forget there was six episodes left. We may have some first time listeners, so hit yeah. them with uh Yeah. People are like, what's this segment? They're gonna do a segment. I wonder what it's called. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, first time listeners and long time listeners, it's the mustard of all of the week. Listen to that at like 0.5 speed, everybody. Yep. <laughs> you still won't get it. Oh, I play, it back, play it backwards. And a single it's a lot syllable of stuff. was uttered properly, but <laughs> we'll go. Yeah, It'll be fine. It, it says something about who the fourth monster hunter is if you play backwards. You still Troid. It's like all hell Satan or something backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that is the fourth monster hunter. So well, himself. He's, we visit well, him every week. We'll so. find out, won't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't we at one point have to like leave Satan so he would want? Wouldn't he want to be part of the podcast to get his own segment? <laughs> yes. I think we did do that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, he's the unofficial uh, fourth member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So March twenty fourth was when this episode came out. Mm-hmm. It was a Thursday. Surprise! Mm-hmm. Surprise! Eighty third day of the year, nineteen sixty six. It was the twelfth Thursday of that year. Mm-hmm. And there are 177 days from the time of this recording until it becomes a 58-year-old episode. Oh, boy. Wow. It's 21,000. What do you get an episode for their 58th? Oh, boy. Um, a podcast uh, that runs three, four times how long the show was. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> sounds, about, sounds about right. Sure. Um, it's uh, been 21,008 days since uh this episode first debuted uh-huh now in 1921 wb meadows a 78 year old civil war veteran coughed up a bullet what it had been stuck in his body since 1863 oh in which he was shot during the battle of vicksburg and despite 
Uh, the fact that Meadows had a bullet stuck uh, in his head for 58 years. I guess that's it was in his it. head. And he coughed yes, it up. Says. Yeah, muscle dislodged and he coughed it up. Seemed to be in perfectly good health. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's um, nice, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, speaking of, speaking of the Army and war in 1958, rock and roll teen idol Elvis Presley was drafted into the U.S. Mm-hmm. Army. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh. In 1973, Pink Floyd releases The Dark Side of the Moon, which later on nice. becomes the sixth best-selling album of all time uh, with over 40 million copies sold worldwide. And what many do not know is it produced it was produced at the Beatles' famous Abbey Road Studios in London. Yeah, I did not know I that. It. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, birthdays this week, 1874, Harry Houdini. Mm-hmm. Ah, I yeah. like that guy. 1909, Clyde Barrow. Who? Don't know that guy. Clyde Barrow of the Who? infamous Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, oh. that guy. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. In 1924, uh, Norman Fell. Mm. Uh-huh. Who's that? Mr. Roper from Three's Company. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, Terry, hold on. Hold on. Do you know who do you know what Three's Company is, Terry? It's a sitcom of some sort. Yeah. It is a sitcom of some sort. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Mr. Roper is? No, no context <laughs> for that. No. Yeah. I just I, I passed by. But I can't you know. remember if he if it, does Mr. Furley replace him later mm. or or does yeah. he replace Mr. Furley? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I believe the Ropers were first because mm-hmm. they had their own spin-off. Yeah, they did. Yeah. The Ropers. They also had that other uh spin-off where like uh Jack got his own restaurant. I think they showed up on that show too. I think that one was called Two's a Three's a Crowd. Something like that. Yeah, because it was because didn't he get married or he was dating the one girl that was so three's company, Terry. Oh yeah, we probably should tell Terry what it was. Seventies, John Ritter, uh, Suzanne Summers, and I cannot remember what the other person's name was. Uh, So it was two girls, and they needed a roommate because to to cover rent. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they had Jack Tripper, as played by John Ritter. Be it, be, but the only way the landlords would let him live with two women is if he said he was gay. Oh, so the whole thing is, but uh, uh, Jack Tripper was a bit of a ladies' man, mm, uh, so it was okay. all this big. Whoa, is he? Is he or isn't he gay? So, so he'd have to like not be interested in women when the landlords were around. I see. Yeah. It was like a secret identity kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And uh, so the Ropers were uh, Mr. and Mrs. Roper were the landlords and then they got a spinoff and then Mr. They got Furley, a spinoff? Yes. And then Mr. Furley came in played Don by Knotts. Don Knotts. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Now a very fun thing is I remember this very vividly. I was at a Red Lobster <laughs> Okay. Uh, with my mom. <laughs> And does this I involve had, food poisoning? No, I I was convinced that the waiter was Norman Fell. What? What you're? Yeah, you, you were convinced it was Mister Roper or Norman Fell? Norman Fell. Well, I probably you, didn't. I probably didn't know who the name of the actor was. I was convinced it was that guy, and I do believe we got him to come over and like give me an autograph or something like that. Because I actually really thought that's who it was. I was probably like ten years old. Did he sign it as that guy, or did he sign it as? Himself? I think so. Once he figured out what what the deal was, I think he went along with it. If I remember right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I, for some reason, I thought Norman Fells was working on a random <laughs> red lobster. Not only is that absurd, 
but Mr. Roper, that's almost an insult. <laughs> right? <laughs> Is he like some old crotchety guy or something? Yeah, kind of. Let me yeah. find a picture of Mr. Roper here real fast. Uh, while Derek does that, I'll continue on here. Uh, in 1930, Steve McQueen. Okay. Okay. 1951, Tommy Hilfiger. Mm hmm. 1953, Louis Anderson. A year later, we get Robert Carradine. Mm hmm. In 1970, or I mean, 1960, Kelly LeBrock from Weird, Weird Science fame. <laughs> probably, it's probably the thing she's best known for. <laughs> oh, two uh, of the oh, three people in the I, you know what? I take it back. Uh, she was also, I, I think she's in a couple early Steven Seagal movies. I think she was eventually married to him for a while, too. Oh really? Hmm. Yeah, if I if I if I'm thinking of the the correct person, but I remember most from Weird Science. 1965, okay. so the same year the monsters uh, originated. Uh, I think they would really uh, appreciate this because the Undertaker from oh, WWE, yeah. uh, Mark something or whatever I forget what his name is, uh, is um, Mark Summers. No, not Mark Summers. Uh, but he is born. <laughs> A picture of Mr. Roper is revealed. Yep, nice. <laughs> That's what I thought the guy looked like. <laughs> And you know what? A red lobster? That was... You thought it was that guy. Hmm. <laughs> There's a guy going about his day. Honey, I'm going to 10 tables at the red lobster. Yep. I got to finish putting the kids through school, but I'm feeling Trying good Trying to make today. a living. Yeah. I'm feeling real good today. Gets in, punches on the clock. Like, Hank, you can go home for this. Like, nah, this nice mm. family walked in. I got one more table. I'm going to take care of them. They look like a good, oh, good-looking kid. There, he's all yeah. right. He seems nice. And then he calls me Mister Roper, and that guy <laughs> went home and put his head in the oven because, like, <laughs> and he he didn't just stop. With he just vest, kept though. calling me that, and he kept at, he kept <laughs> insisting. I tried to explain yeah. to the child, no, that's an actor from a show. I'm just oh. the waiter here. But this kid insisted that I needed to sign <laughs> as Mr. Roper. He wouldn't take no for I, I will also say with that vest on that picture, Derek, he looks like he's ever lobster. My name is Hank Stankowitz. It's not Hank Stankowitz. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Hanky Stanky, and I love that. But you call oh, yeah. me Mr. Roper? Oh, God, I'll kill you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am not Mr. Roper. Norman Phil. Is that his name? Man. Norman Phil? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Probably went on a massive crime spree mm. after that. Yeah. <laughs> you said crime, but I thought you said crying at first. Yeah, well, both. <laughs> I mean, he's probably crying the whole way. Like, he went on of... a massive crime spree. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't hold it in any longer. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, he's just crying. Oh, Keith, you ruined that man's life. Pro mm -hmm. Probably. Probably. We need to find this guy, get him on the podcast. <laughs> So you can apologize. He's long him. dead. Keith was 10. This is almost 40 years ago, Terry. And if he was Mr. Roper 40 years ago, <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be something? I'm 28. I'm not oh, he was like a teenager, like a yeah. first job. He's just, <laughs> <laughs> He's just a young kid. <laughs> I mean, probably doesn't even know who Mr. Roper is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Looks it up later. Something he sees on TV. <laughs> Yeah, he's a senior in high school. He gets called Roper every day at school. <laughs> All the kids call him that. And some 10 year old walks in and starts claiming he's Mr. Roper as well. <laughs> his, like, his friends, his family, like, no, don't take it too seriously. They're just kidding. You know, you don't look like him at all. And then some strange, yeah, stranger, <laughs> this young boy is just insisting that you're this man. 
Johnson. Take Mark a Keith. picture with me. Yeah. <laughs> Keith sent his mom to the Walgreens on the corner to get a disposable Polaroid camera. It, it took like two hours of this guy's life. Like, yeah, he had to wait for the picture. <laughs> and just, all the while asking him about his life on set, what it's like with all the other characters from Three's Company. And wow. <laughs> it wasn't until Keith was like 23, we realized it wasn't Mr. Roper. And he had, <laughs> he had like a whole. A whole like my conversation with Mister, <laughs> <laughs> like manuscript written out. He was, wrote, he was writing like essays, yeah, for the Norman <laughs> Fell that I knew. <laughs> but I thought he was a popular actor, but he actually, you know, had, had a hard. He was on hard times when I saw him. He was working with. Oh, mm. he had the specials Nin- on Red memorized five. <laughs> Uh, you can tell he was an actor uh, by the way he memorized all the spiels Red Lobster had he said it was such grandiose Uh, Mm. he still had it even in these dark times Uh alright in 1965 Undertaker (laughs) oh man 1976 Peyton Manning he's born and in 77 Jessica Chastain (sighs) she's born now, uh, two days prior to this, March 22nd, James T. Kirk and oh. Diana Prince were both born. In 66? Uh, yes. James T. Kirk was born in 66. Well, yes. And then he's in the future. You know, by the time he, he's 30-something, so like, would it be 19? You talking about Captain Kirk or is this yes. a real person? No, James yeah. T. Kirk. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Diana Prince uh, on the twenty third, so one day before this, Marion Ravenwood. I don't know who that is. Uh, Marion from Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. Well, hold um, on. So the show is set in the Milky Way galaxy, circa twenty two sixty six to twenty two sixty nine. Yeah, he was ship, born in sixty six. So he's born in not even. He's born on no. He's born on March twenty second. It's not. I didn't say nineteen sixty six. Well, I asked nineteen sixty six. I'm okay. Well, you know what? I, my head is not really. Back together after YouTube breaking down Norman <laughs> Fell. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the 26th, Biff Tannen. And on the 27th, rounding out the week is Richard Kimball. Provasic. What was that? Provasic. That's the name of the drug in The Fugitive. Mm. Mm-hmm. I thought you were trying to say Professor Kimball in some weird voice. No, that's why he says like Provasic. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Now, uh, you could celebrate. Any of those birthdays, friends and family birthdays, maybe anniversaries. You could celebrate this episode itself turning uh, it, turning 58 years old by celebrating National Cheese Steak Day. Mm. I'm not against that mm, at all. I like that. Yeah. National Chocolate Covered Raisin Day. Oh, I like those too. I used to be a fan. As I've gotten older, they, they don't agree with me very much anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they make Is this the chocolate or the raisin? It's the raisin part of it. Oh, yeah, I got no problem with chocolate. And uh, also National Cocktail Day, which probably you need a couple of those to make it through this episode most times. Now, uh, cocktails, traditional mixture of spirits, sugar, water, and bitters. Many people believe the cocktails originated in the U.S. While this is partly true, they're actually inspired by British punches of the 18th century. Mm. Uh, Big bowls of spirits mixed with fruit juice, spice, and other flavors. So basically like jungle juice at any college party. Um, no one's exactly sure who created the first cocktails, but the world is more than grateful for them. They started around in the 1860s. They started to gain popularity, uh, especially popular after alcohol was prohibited in the 1920 to 1930 
three uh, with a lot of speakeasies um, selling inferior liquor, uh, but they would make you know little cocktails by adding honey and fruit juice, et cetera, to them. The cocktail first appears in written history in 1803 as part of um, a magazine called The Farmer's Cabinet. It's mm, in, in, cabinet. in 1806, it's uh, officially defined as an alcoholic beverage in uh, it was as an alcoholic beverage. It was listed in the newspaper, The Balance and Columbian Repository in Hudson, New York. You know, if you're looking to have a, a couple drinks, uh, let's see, Derek, you're up there in, in uh, you're up there in Wisconsin. Well, we'll get to Kansas first, I guess. According to the, you, are you here? trying to look up what the official cocktail of Wisconsin is? The official, the, the official, uh, well, we'll get there. Uh, oh, Kansas cool. is wine cooler. Oh, and uh, in Wisconsin, right, uh, Derek, you're you're saying it's the old fashioned? Yes, it's the old fashioned. Very good, very good. Wow, yeah, well done, Derek. Oh, these motherfuckers up here think it's the greatest thing ever. It's pretty <laughs> good. Yeah, uh, the mimosa is Illinois. Mm. Okay. okay, and in Georgia, it's also the mimosa. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. There's some overlap there. Makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Ohio, that's where we think the show actually takes place in something like that. Ohio or Pennsylvania. <laughs> I think it's Western uh, New York. Western New York. Uh, so it's New York overall. The vodka fizz. Mm. Vodka fizz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like fizzy. And, uh, I don't yes. mind vodka. So a little bit of both. There you mm-hmm. go. I'll yep. take it. Some of the best. Uh, the thir- According to Esquire magazine, 35 most popular drinks to order at a bar in 2023. Uh, I, I won't read them all off, but a dirty martini, a vodka gimlet. Seem to be those. Was, I don't know if this is in, a, in an order or not, but. Um, a honeybee, mm-hmm. honeybee, uh, which is honey and white rum, looks like. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, the ro- I don't like ro- coconut. That's the Rosita, rough. which is a complex cocktail with Mexican, Italian, and Trinidadian influences. Sounds that good. sounds that sounds very good. Uh, the painkiller. See what's uh, that's gold rum, pineapple juice, orange juice, and coconut cream. Probably enjoy Oof. that a lot. There's no actual order to this thing for me to tell you what was okay. like number one or anything. But those are a few things you can try. Yourself good and drunk, and then you can watch uh, this thing on its 58th anniversary. Oh, don't do that. Oh, uh, but before we do all of this uh, <laughs> and, and move on to us actually talking about it, 3 24 1966 is a life path number four, represents growth, building, and foundation. You're practical down to earth with strong ideas about right and wrong. Mm, okay. Strong ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've Bud got West, some ideas. Our, our good pal, Bud Westmore. Mm. Yep. Uh, he was born with a life path of six mm. they embrace their emotions they lead with their heart okay. they give off warm and inviting energy that others want to be around they enjoy many rich relationships throughout their life both romantic and friendly well these life paths people encounter someone who is just like them or someone who's entirely different they will treat them the same with kindness respect and mm. support that's nice oh, there you that's go really nice those westmores yeah making so hermit heads mm-hmm. making friends Yep, that's that's my motto. Making Herman heads and make friends. You treat mm-hmm. Herman and his friends exactly the same. And uh, yeah, let me throw this book back up on the shelf and I will dive over that glass table, landing in my seat. Ever so. See, what's amazing about you, Keith, is you'll leap, and, but then you float into your seat like a feather. You get caught in a light breeze. You just kind yeah. of ru- sway back and forth. Mm-hmm. It actually takes like a couple of minutes for you to finally land. I know. Out. We're waiting. Mm-hmm. Okay, he Keith, recline. He's almost there. Oh. There we go. Perfect. As we descend through the 
ton of love brought to you by candy corn <laughs> uh, as we are gently undressed and undressed by robotic hands controlled by artificial intelligence mm-hmm. it's my duty to remind everyone that we only have six episodes left <laughs> you can get those naming rights tooth? real real the cheap naming right rights now. are still available for the area which we've just reached the skuma x dome that's right Oh, name it whatever you want. Uh, yeah, we're about taking anything at this point, so we are cheap. <laughs> AF. All right, gents, saunter over to the ship right. with our Off vessel that looks like Mister T. If yeah. I remember correctly, <laughs> got buff arms. It's yeah. got the Mister mm-hmm. T masthead uh, and a mohawk and gold chains for anchors mm-hmm. it's Terry, Captain Terry's going to take its additional 2.75 miles out into international waters and from there it's time to visit that fourth member of the Muslim Hunters because we're not deep to the gates of hell for another edition of Scuba X yeah I just installed a new horn that actually says I pity the fool every time I pull <laughs> I pity it. the fool yep. so. but if you play that one backwards it's Slightly fool. <laughs> That's Hell Satan, not the mm-hmm. backwards. Everything, yeah, everything does. Um, so this episode was directed by Ezra Stone. Oh, who? Never heard of him. I know it's this guy again. He's continuing his long monsters tenure. I don't feel tenure. like hmm. mm-hmm. uh-huh. I'd call it that, right? Yeah, that's probably the right word, but it may, I think of like a tenured professor when yes. you say that. And well, he's a professor of monsters. There's like sure. a level of prestige associated with it. Oh, no, I see. That's I see what you're saying. He's a professor. You could probably teach a class monsters. on the monsters. I, me? I probably could. Well, yeah, you and Edger, you'd help Edger stuff. No, I could actually. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is some big plot points and some jokes that made me chuckle. <laughs> I don't remember a name associated with this show. <laughs> Other than, uh, oh, Christ, it's escaping me right now. <laughs> Fred Gwynn, oh. <laughs> Yvonne yep. DiCarlo, L. Lewis, and Bud Bundy. What's the kid's name? <laughs> Bud Bundy. We'll go with that. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> well, no, I can't. But, uh, Butch, Patrick. Butch Patrick. Butch Patrick. And mm-hmm. then there were two girls, um, Pat Priest and oh, what was the other one? Linda Holmes. No. No. Um, Beverly, Beverly, Beverly Owen. Beverly Owen. Mm-hmm. See, yep. there we, we know go. the I show could... very well. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that, that pop quiz like every week just so that we can be. On and top I'm of not drinking cocktails. That's the thing. <laughs> that might be the problem. <laughs> might have helped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But like I was saying, we don't really need to discuss his family history, like no, his father's God. profession in the chemical science field. <laughs> I know. I know Tivis might want to hear more about him uh, as it's his favorite monsters director, but that's too bad. Ooh, Ezra Pound? No, I already, I already turns off these episodes as soon as we're done talking about them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Once we get done with this segment, which has been very popular, the Ezra Stone segment um, <laughs> turns it right off. So I beg of you to keep listening. We're getting so many emails oh. about Ezra Stone. Can mm-hmm. we hear more about Ezra Stone? <laughs> yeah. They'd love to hear anything more about him, I think. But. <laughs> Um, there's only two things I really feel like discussing about him. Wait, uh, did he write any songs that you listen to every week? Ezra Stone. <laughs> no, yeah, but what, I, what, I, what do you I, what do you listen to when you're starting to do this stuff? If you're not listening to a Tibbles uh, related uh, episode, uh, well, it's, it's usually just dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's ambient like noise. so quiet. It's like the absence mm-hmm. of all sound. Yes, it's if I, stay, if I do it for too long, I start to go insane. Mm-hmm. 
but it's what I do for this episode. So <laughs> I put up all the sound, the yeah, reduction stuff all over my walls. It takes me about five hours to get it ready. But... <laughs> and you don't leave it up every time. So. No, God, no. Yeah. But anyways, let's let's talk about the writer here. Dick Conway. Oh, no. This guy. I know. Can we go back and talk about Ezra stuff? Um, we got this guy. He's a big staple from the monsters. He's written 13 episodes of the show. The last one we talked about was Herman picks a winner where Herman gambled all of Eddie's money away. Oh no. Lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't Dick Conway the illiterate? Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's written all sorts of things and... <laughs> in quotation marks, maybe, I guess. Of course, he did uh, 72 episodes of Leave It to Beaver, which makes him a member of the Beaver Squad. Beaver squad top, yeah. ranking, top ranking member, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, general. General Beaver. Yeah. Like three, three, three star general. <laughs> general Beaver. Oh. Sir, have you seen General Beaver anywhere? <laughs> Kinda. He's on the front lines. That fool. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's done lots of stuff. Look, we've talked about his animation work in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I found out today was that he wrote <laughs> the 39th. Conway info drop. <laughs> yeah, I know. And this late in the show, that's crazy. Um, but. He wrote the 39th annual Academy Awards ceremony. He wrote the whole ceremony? <laughs> yeah. I think there were two other writers credited, but he was there. He got credit wow. for writing it. Yeah. Very interesting. I don't really know what goes into that. I guess, do they like write all the speeches and stuff? Uh, not speeches, oh, yeah. but like the jokes, things like that. Yeah. yeah. That was a 1967 Oscars. Yep. Pretty interesting. Lots of movies I did not recognize. Um, and apparently, though, it almost didn't go live on TV because there's a labor strike happening at the same time with the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Oh. So the dispute was settled three hours before the broadcast was supposed to begin. So they got lucky with that one. Uh, another fun fact was uh, that this was the last year that the Oscars had a separate category for black and white movies and color movies for cinematography, art direction and Ooh. costume design. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know there was ever like a difference. I thought I figured they just lump mm-hmm. them all into one. But we got a couple of guest stars for this episode. We got Rory Stevens as Boris the robot and Wendy B. Kotler as Sally. So Rory Stevens has 38 acting credits from 1961 to 1979. Didn't really have a lot of big recurring roles. He mostly just played young kids in TV around the time of the Munsters. His biggest credit, though, was probably for being in Carrie the classic Stephen King movie. Mm. Uh, he was somebody named Kenny in that. Um, what's interesting though, is that he was in another movie with a strong carry connection. This movie's called Ruby and it stars Piper Laurie, who was, uh, she played Margaret white. Who's um, Carrie's evil mother in the movie. Mm-hmm. So she's the star of Ruby. Um, it's only one year after Carrie. The premise is basically that uh, Ruby, she has a boyfriend who was a gangster he died a long time ago, but strange things are starting to happen. Uh, there's murders at the drive-in theater she works at. Uh, her daughter is starting to act strange. She might have a psychic connection with the dead boyfriend somehow. She's getting like possessed or something. Uh, Ruby starts to go insane a little bit as well. Um, and I think that the dead boyfriend wants to get revenge on the world for some reason or another. Uh, the trailer actually mentions Carrie saying that... Uh, that it's just as frightening as Carrie was. It's even a step <laughs> above the exorcist and the omen. In terms no of way. That's what it says. I don't believe that. Well, I mean, 
with praise like that, how could you not watch it? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued. It's almost the I, Halloween season. I could, I could figure out how I could not watch it. Just by existing like you have never doing five minutes ago before you heard about this. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you know, it's the season of Halloween, so I think I think we could all find an excuse to watch this. It's probably good. <laughs> to watch Ruby? Yeah, Ruby. Mm. Starring Piper Laurie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we also have Wendy B. Kotler. She has two acting credits on IMDb from 1965 to 1966. And on that note, I think we should head to the surface. Uh, you know, very slow. Uh, you know, because it, it seems like that was a little bit short. We'll just take our time going up to, you know, give the listeners a vibe. So that were the, the two credits nothing of note? Were they the Munsters? No, and- no it was okay. Munsters and some other sitcom. And, you know. Well, what's their sitcom? Look, I'm going to look it up right now. Wendy B. Kotler. I didn't want to go deep into this, you know, but we'll go deep. It's <laughs> uh, with the schoolman's four, man. We're going to dig a little yeah, deep. If, if you're not going to go deep with the schoolman, then why do we even let you drive it? I, Jesus, come on. All right. All right. Well, look, she did a show called Death Valley Days. She was uncredited. Um, <laughs> but there was 452 episodes of the show. Um, it was... This is this is like live off the cuff skooma. This is a whole new experience. Uh, so this is a western show. It was filmed and it was based off legends that surrounded Death Valley, California. Oh, I meant to edit all this out. Nope, no, I'm going in <laughs> one of the longest running western series of all time. It used to be a radio show in the 1930s as well. Oh my um, gosh! The the continuing sponsor was a uh, Twenty Mule Team. Twenty Borax. Mule Team. Yeah, I don't know what borax is. It is a product. It's a clean, of, yeah, it's soap. a cleaner. Like, oh, yeah. okay, okay. It was a product. It was mined in Death Valley, so it has a really strong connection to the shows, like Death Valley themes. So oh. that's pretty cool. It's got. Um, let's see, what else can I dig up here? There's. It's got a seven point <laughs> five out of ten on IMDb. Um, it stars Stanley Rangers, Robert Taylor, Ronald Reagan is in it. Never heard. He of hosted him. some episodes. Oh, um, my goodness. I know. Well, there you this, go. This is crazy. Uh, the majority of the weapons in the show <laughs> are not era appropriate. They are models that came into existence in the 1870s. Run around with the DL 44 pistol that Han yep. Solo wields. On that note, you know, I think we can uh, just start to s- just saunter as we sauntered into the skooma. We will saunter to the surface. As I, I'm good at we- sauntering. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to start working on the horn, tweaking it, making sure it sounds just like Mr. T. Try to get rid of that satanic message if we play it backwards. But now, Terry, you know. did you say saunter up to the surface? I did. Yeah. I can't saunter. I skedaddled about as fast oh, as I could. Hey. Yep. Wow. I skedaddled my way back up to the surface, and I'm up here waiting for y'all because um, I just had to. I had to get there as fast as I could because Fair I enough. knew something big was going to happen. And that big thing. Prime rib. My... Oh, mm-hmm. hello. Yes. It's Prime Rib, and this week's Prime Rib is brought to you by the fine folks at Charles Butchery. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, is our Prime Rib sponsored? But we still haven't got <laughs> yeah. naming rights so, for the Scoobastone? Uh, hold on for an ad read. If you're looking for mm. the most delicious meats and meats that are cut in a way in which you can chew them, Charles Butchery is your place. And so I have a prime rib that's already been pre-cut up into smaller morsels, each one cooked individually. 
Okay. Uh, sous vide, uh, each one. <laughs> I put it in its own little vacuum sealed bag, put it in uh, cycled water. Um, that's about 140 degrees. Slowly cooked it all over the course of about eight hours. And then I did a reverse sear on it. So these little pre almost, they're just like tic tac sized pieces of prime rib. Um, <laughs> Charles Butchery. They'll, 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 they'll cut it up for you the way that people like that it. you want it <laughs> tic tac size tic tac size yep uh they'll even go up as far large as a starburst size and um wow okay so yeah. there's some variety is it like square shape as well yes they it much like a wendy's patty these cuts of meat you can get whatever you want cut there liver but fish. always in always in a small <laughs> always in the small small cubes mm-hmm. yes or not, not dolphin size. Yeah, not well, no, not dolphin, mm-hmm. not anymore, not since they cracked down on that a few years oh, ago. Yeah, they cracked down on that pretty hard. But uh, Charles Butchery, that's what that's who brought us taste prime rib. And I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, grab yourself a handful of it, uh, you know, a couple pockets full of uh, prime rib nuggets and just eat those mm. throughout the day. Char- I mean, Charles Butchery, they changed my life, you know, I never really had mm. a great uh, experience with uh, Starburst Shaver or flavored meats and, you know, shaped meats. <laughs> um, I got most well, of that, the Starburst right? flavor is mine. Um, oh, you he just cuts that. it into shape. I'm the one that soaks it overnight in strawberry juice. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it tastes great. You, yes. You can go to charlesbutchery.org uh, slash Monster Hunters <laughs> rock. <laughs> yeah, to, um, get, to get 20% off. With a purchase of $500 or more, of course. Yes. Everything after $500 is 20% off. Right, right. Yeah. So you have to spend at least five hundred. Um, you got to get uh, that floor. You got to meet the minimum mm-hmm. requirement. Oh, well, uh, speaking of minimum requirements, uh, uh-huh. here's another episode. <laughs> how, how are you? How are you guys doing? <laughs> I already got through that minimum requirement. This minimum requirement, for the second half of the show, is called "Going Over the Up." Six two, six two, season two, episode twenty seven. Eddie's brother, a new family member. Oh, oh my god, boy, we can only hope. I can't imagine who Eddie's brother might be. I'm assuming before it even started, it was like another. See, because like, was it last episode or two episodes ago? We had Fred yeah. Gwynn play Johan, double. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was last episode. Maybe Eddie's gonna play doubles. It'd be that's like what another, I thought too. I thought for sure Eddie that's what's gonna happen. Else. Yeah. But as Keith had mentioned previously, this summer birds come out on March 24th, 1966, which was like the 84th day of the year. Mm. Uh, and when I sat crisscross applesauce, I A read third. this. Oh, on an airplane. Mm. Oh, wait. Did I say what this thing got? It got a 7.1 on IMDb. Mm. That's pretty bad. Yes. For monsters. A bottom yeah. monster score. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I sat crisscross applesauce on a distant planet and teleported myself here. Okay. And I sat crisscross applesauce on our kitchen table and went backwards in time. And I had this to read. Eddie asks Herman for a baby brother. That was yep. it. I'm like, I like it. Hey, this is going to be something. And it starts with something. Grandpa's fixing a radio with some old tubes. Yes, you found like, some old tubes to fix a radio. Fix a radio, and he got it working. And guess what? It's a newscast about how Rome is burning. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah. Yeah. And somewhere near was fiddling. Someone near fiddling. <laughs> and then, kind of funny. 
he goes, boy, are these tubes old. So th- there's, <clears throat> and immediately, anytime this show has to deal with anything mildly scientific, mm-hmm. it has zero clue about yes. how anything no, works. No effort was made to understand how it would yes. actually work. Like, I know it's like a fictional, like whatever, but they didn't yeah. even like think about how this like radio would broadcasting but system conceptually works. it's like radio waves just sit in the air until something grabs them <laughs> yeah so these some guy waves. was at the burning of rome and was just like i guess talking to a crowd of people <laughs> yeah. and and the old tubes somehow collected that noise and held on to it until grandpa <laughs> found them like in a you know box in the back of the dungeon yep and put him in the radio and there we go and then there was a joke about betting on the chariot races. Mm-hmm. Great. You think someone's going to find our like recording? They're going to find some old tubes and then this guy start playing <laughs> us talking about the monsters. <laughs> one Just, can only hope. One can only hope. One can only hope. Like, oh, when are they going to stop making weird noises and complaining about stuff? Or, well, <laughs> when is that one going to stop making weird noises and complain about everything? Um, we want to hear more Terry and Keith. Yeah, I want to hear more about... Uh, What's her face on that Western show? Wendy B. Collar. Oh, I can't wait till they cover <laughs> Wendy B. Collar. And how Keith mistook a, a waiter at uh, Oh God at Red Lobster for ruined that man's life. So here we are. Uh, Eddie comes in. He's looking for Herman. He's like, "Where's Pop? Not home yet." Sometimes he has a hard time hailing like a cab. I, I don't understand that they have cars uh, that he takes to work sometimes, and he also has a carpool. Yeah, this time he takes a cab, and it's hard. Uh, and Marilyn remarks, boy, it must be really important, Eddie, because this is the third time you've asked. And unlike every other Munsters show, they didn't show the previous two asks. So thank you, Munsters, mm-hmm. for, <laughs> edit- for editing themselves down a little bit. Some might call that efficient storytelling. <laughs> That's the first thing I, I thought. I, I call it that Dick Conway's illiterate and didn't know they could re- redo I'm it. I'm like, man, this story is tight. Uh, Grandpa's this like, could be the perfectly written script so far. <laughs> oh boy, it might be. I when I was done, I was like, boy, that was the perfectly written episode. Grandpa is like, hey, can I help you, Eddie? And he's like, nah, I don't think you can help me. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why not. Herman Herman's uh comes home from work. Daddy's home. <laughs> what an entrance! I say yeah. that every time I come in the door now. I'm glad you're home, Herman, because Eddie has a problem. My son, who inherited my good looks and talent, has a problem. Grandpa yeah, with a quip. Yeah, he has a problem besides those as well. <laughs> Eddie's too embarrassed to say what the problem is out loud for some reason. He wants to whisper it to Herman. Herman's like, what the fuck? If it's <laughs> seems like he's not into this idea of yeah. whispering the problem, just say kind it. I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to. So they go in private, which is six feet off to the side. Eddie whispers into Herman's ear. Herman's listening and nodding and smiling. And it goes on for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Herman's face drops. And then he faints. And nobody checks. Oh, and then the bird comes out and says, "They just fired on Fort Sumner." Yeah, nah, I they could not fired understand on Fort what he Sumter. said. I had to, I had to rewind it twice. I couldn't understand, so I put the subtitles on to figure it out. Because it was Mel Blanc, it was somebody else. Yeah, yeah and it, uh, that was the other thing. I was thrown off by the fact that it was a very horrible version of it. it didn't yeah. even sound like him. 
Doesn't even sound like him. That's the first time we've heard the bird in a long time. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, I'm glad he's back. It was totally worth it for that. Oh, God. So. It was totally worth it. I was, yeah. I was so jacked up after that. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I had to pause it and just like kind of like pace around the room. Like I was just like jumping, you know, pumping my fist. Oh, yeah. You I had bird. To, I had to release some energy. Yeah. It's just that angry walk around the room. It's like <laughs> feeling really good about the bird. Lily comes over to get the scoop from Eddie. Does not check on Herman. Goes right to Eddie. What did you say? He's like, I don't know. Now, I remember he whispered for a long time. It's not like he was giving him instructions. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> He's like, I just told Pop I wanted a baby brother. Not so many words. Yeah. Now, when he says that, I wanted a baby brother, the canned audience gasped. <gasps> gasped in terror. Dear God. Oh, my gosh. They're going to talk about babies on this episode. Mm-hmm. There's only one way to get another one. Mm-hmm. Herman, and Lily, Lily, I thought. Herman and Lily are going to get busy. And Lily faints because she understands what that means. Mm-hmm. Oh, she faints right next to Herman, but she faints in a more gentle, gentle and slow manner. Where yep. she, it's almost like sitting and then laying down, whereas Herman just fell flat on his back. Yeah, Herman went <laughs> yeah. like you. Herman fell like you when you leave the skooma. Lily fell. How me and Terry slowly come back up. Yes, yes, yes. That's a great comparison. That's exactly right. That's a perfect analog, except for it was in the reverse direction. Yeah, true. Because if you I just rewinded like through that, mm-hmm. it would be exactly the same. It'd be the identical, right? So Lily faints. Banger. Well, I was looking at the rug this week. Um, <laughs> what rug? There's a rug the... on the stairs. Oh, um, no. There's a rug crazy, on the stairs. There's some crazy patterns, you know, like it goes down. It's got this cool pattern on it. And like, I was like, oh, oh, what does it look like? You know, like, is it going to change? It didn't. They did a great job. The con- continuity, nothing changed on that rug. I was watching it like a hawk this time. It, to see did you see change. the rug through the hole in the door? Yes. Okay. You like, can see like the stairwell going up and there's like this, mm. like, I guess you'd call it a rug, right? Like this, like yeah. cloth that goes down the stairs. Yeah. Like the runner or whatever it's called. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it had a nice little design on it. And I was like, I'm surely they're going to mess this up. Maybe they're going to like, you know, there's a tear in one side and it's going to be gone. <laughs> you know, maybe a scuff, maybe the pattern's different. They got a different rug for one of the scenes, but no, no. Oh, how do you know? How do you know that we're six episodes away from the end of this whole thing? Terry is. Looking at the rug in the background. I'm desperately looking for anything new about the, mm. the banger. And I'll, I'll find something. Oh, well, I, Godspeed. Mm-hmm. We fade back from the banger. Herman's on the couch with an ice pack. He looks like Herman crossed with Toad from Mario Brothers. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. He's got this big ice pack on his head. Lily sends Grandpa for more ice. Lily assumes Eddie wants companionship. Herman's like, eh, I'll be Eddie's buddy. Lily is skeptical because of the age. What about the age difference? Mm-hmm. Herman's like, no problem, G. I just got to think like a child. And then comes <laughs> easily. Let me demonstrate. Gets up. He skips around. Ollie oxen free. And then he falls <laughs> down the open trap door to the dungeon. Oh, that was so funny to me for some reason. I don't know why. Just seeing him like just skipping around. <laughs> Like, oh, this is what children do in his mind. <laughs> yes. They just tumble. He takes a hard fall. Down yes, that. he does. He falls hard down that hole. Yes. Grandpa's like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, he's practicing being a child. 
And he goes, that's like Bridget Bardot practicing to be a girl. Fade two. Eddie sitting in his room by himself, punching Wolf Wolf. There's a cage still in his room. Herman comes to the door. It's your old buddy, Pop. And Herman comes in. Eddie's like, this sucks. Calls Eddie pal like 50 times. And for mm-hmm. some reason, he's shouting the whole time. Did you notice this? He is very loud. Yeah. Yes. He's loud. He's lip smacking, calling him pal. Herman finds like, oh, look at this. Here's a model of an airplane. Let's play pilot in control tower. Eddie's like, I don't want to. You suck. He's like, come on, let's be pals. Herman holds the plane up to his head like it's a phone, um, which I thought was interesting. Eddie's like, fine, over 10-4, what the fuck ever, it don't matter. So Herman winds up the propeller on the plane, gently sets it down, and then it takes off and spins around his head, almost like it's on a wire hooked mm-hmm. up to a simple motor, like you would do with okay. a bat, maybe. But yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Switch it out, move it to a different room. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I like to think that the motor's permanent and they disassemble the entire dungeon and then reassemble Eddie's uh, room around the motor. I, I think that, I mean, they don't use Eddie's room that often, so you mm-hmm. know they don't have it just built. They probably had to take out one of the sets and replace it. Yeah, that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Well, the plane spins around, Herman ducks a couple times, and then the plane flies right out the window, breaks the window. Eddie's pissed. It's like, now look what you did. Uh, then the plane flies back in, hits Herman in the head. Herman stumbles over and smashes Eddie mirror and dresser, which it I thought was flying. Yeah, I thought Eddie was gonna be upset about that, but he walks up and he goes, "You broke the plane." <laughs> but all, but also, it is a small plane. Yes, <laughs> even if it skims his ear a bit, like it does, him flopping across yes. the you know the way was just so. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Oh. He was like a uh, regular Vladi Divats. Oh, see, I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say <laughs> I it. I said it for you. Keith. I know. I love I'm, it. Thank you. I appreciate you're welcome. it. Welcome. You really, you really do pay attention to during the uh, almanac. Oh, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, I'm sorry. I broke all this stuff. I'm just trying to be your friend. And he's like, You want to be my friend? He's like, Yeah. Didn't get to do one thing, anything. Go fuck mom and get me a baby. <laughs> get me a baby brother to play with. And then Herman faints again. I don't understand why grown adults are fainting at the idea of babies, but they are. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know why he's so scared of this. Yeah. I don't know either. Remember when he was so happy that Lily was pregnant? Like in one of the first. Yes. Years? Yeah. It seems very weird now that that coming back around here that he's like freaked out by it. He was so excited. And then he was so excited when the little robot came out and he thought yes. it was his son. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. But now he's scared. Now he's he scared. Maybe yeah, he's like yeah. learned some things or something. I don't know. How babies are made. Apparently, Eddie. <laughs> I don't even. I don't, uh, who knows? He's adopted. Fade to grandpa walking. Um, <laughs> and we see Herman coming down the stairs and he looks like a zombie. And grandpa notes that. And Herman says, thank you, but flattery will get you nowhere. Nice. Like, well, what's wrong? Eddie won't let it go. Eddie wants a baby brother. So Herman says, I'm just going to go talk to Lily about it. Grandpa's like, whoa, you can't just talk to your wife about things. You need to trick her into wanting a baby. Yeah. And, uh, Herman's like, well, maybe you're right. 
Uh, so Grandpa says, go upstairs, get Eddie's baby things, and sprinkle them around the house so she'll see them and get nostalgic and want more babies. She get baby fever. Herman's like, oh, that's great. I'm going to go to the attic. Fade two. Herman opening a basket. Not in the attic. It's like a giant picnic basket. But then he says, to no one. I couldn't find Eddie's baby stuff, so I got my own. <laughs> he does like just say that out loud to himself. Mm-hmm. Hoping hoping that the canned audience hears him. He reaches into this giant wicker basket, and it is a prop contest extravaganza. Yes. I, yeah, there's a lot of crazy No, but there's stuff. one there's one main one that wins though for me out of these props okay. that, that they pull out. Well we'll find out. He reaches in and now we know the purpose of this episode. Even though Herman was never a baby. Uh, he was made in a lab, right? They didn't True. make a baby and let it grow up. Unless they had like a child grow up to be an adult, then they zapped him with lightning and turned him into a Herman. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't buy any of this because everything's <laughs> huge. Herman mm-hmm. starts pulling it. He pulls out a giant teething ring. It's made of like pure metal. He bites it and bends it. I guess mm-hmm. kids used to chew on like lead or something. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. He Makes goes, sense. oh, my first pair of booties. And it's like a size 13 pair of shoes. Oh, my favorite blocks. And they're just big, giant blocks. They don't make any sense, but he's got them. He smacks them together real loud. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, my baby bonnet. I yes. bet it still fits. And it still fits. It's it's that's, this is, that's, just, that's the winner for me right there. The I giant agree. baby bonnet? I agree. Yes, and as soon as I saw it, I mean, it was like, oh, Terry's going to love that. I loved it. I hey, thought that was amazing. Yeah, you put it on, and he looked like a giant baby. He did look like a giant baby. <laughs> His facial expressions during this whole thing are perfect. As he's like, got this like wide-eyed like wonder. It's just, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, a giant rattle. My old rattle. And he shakes it. It sounds like a church bell. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not, there's... not really a rattle. <laughs> mm-hmm. He starts mimicking no. baby noises like ooby dooby doo yeah. And then for the second episode in a row, he goes suck crazy on his thumb. Oh, he goes hard on that thumb. He deep throats that thumb and he's just like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, like, vigorous, vigorous oh, sucking. Yes. He sucked his thumb raw. He's going bonkers <laughs> on it. He's sitting there yeah. looking like a baby, acting like a baby. Lily and Marilyn walk down. And they're <laughs> right in front of him, yeah. maybe 10 feet away. Yeah. They see Herman, and he doesn't see them somehow. Can you imagine just walking in on that? Like, what would you think? Like, just well, I don't know. But Lily knew exactly. She was afraid this would happen. And it took 151 years. And Herman is in his second childhood. Is that like a midlife crisis? I don't know. I don't understand. They've, they have made this joke several times. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. I don't get what it was supposed to signify. If there was a real fear that pe- men would revert to baby style, I, I don't know. Well, it could happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe it's like when you get so old, like, you know, your age kind of like gets to the tipping point and then it just like loops back over to zero. And then mm. it's like you just revert back yeah. and start having to go through it again. Like get be. diapers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Must start right around 150. Yeah, right. One hundred took one hundred fifty-one years. Marilyn says, "Well, the play did him that hard, did it?" Lily storms, and I'm going to take care of this shit right now. What the fuck are you doing, you big idiot? Herman thinks it's obvious. Is it obvious? And starts doing baby noises. Goo goo ga ga. 
Lily says he's going to get hauled. It's obvious. Yeah, you're going to get hauled off to the flaky farm. Yep, makes sense. <laughs> no, I, no notes on flaky farm. No, I, no. I, I, agree. I agree. Everyone just rolls on. Oh, flaky farm. Makes sense. Yeah. Herman says, no, I'm giving you a subtle hint that Eddie wants. But I'm like, there's nothing subtle about this. And how, how did you stick <laughs> that hint out of there? <laughs> Lily says, let's, let's talk about this. Let's be logical. Herman's like, yes, let's be logical. Eddie is nine. I will accept that answer. <laughs> that was like kind of odd when he did that one. How old will Eddie be when the baby is nine? Herman struggles with this. He's like, there's only one right answer, right? Yep. She says 18. And then he says, I'll accept that answer. And when the baby's 18, Eddie will be 27. And Herman says, I get it. Eddie's going to be old as fuck. Yeah, she says, no, that's not necessarily what I was getting at, which I thought it was. I thought that's what she was getting at, yeah. What else would she be getting mm-hmm. at? So Herman has a solution. I have a solution. I'm going to propose it. And she gets excited, and he says, we're going to have to have a nine-year-old baby and get a head start. Lily calls him impossible and childish. Herman threatens to hit Lily with his yep. rattle. Very <laughs> Thank- weird. I'm glad. I'm glad he... Uh, well, I don't want him to hit her with anything, but I'm glad he finished with the rattle. Yes, it it little, it, I'm going to hit you. <laughs> a little more impish as opposed to, uh, I'm going to hit you. Yep, um, yep. And don't forget, uh, Lily did demand he take off the bonnet midway through because oh, it's yes. ridiculous. You know? Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't be rational when you look like an idiot or something like that. <laughs> um did you notice that they had a lot of like close-ups on Lily when she's talking, and she has some weird expressions in this episode? Uh, I noticed the close-ups. I didn't really notice like weird expressions. Yeah, like I don't know. She's like strange expressions, head tilts, and it felt like the camera was like was intentionally like softer on her, like they mm. put Vaseline on it, like almost like <laughs> I don't know. It just it was just strange, right? Some sort of like filter over mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. So Lily storms off, and Grandpa comes up from the dungeon. He's like, "Hey." And then Herman immediately calls him stupid for his stupid idea. You and your stupid idea. And then we got our opening clip. And when which grandpa reveals Boris. Yes. The robot son. A robot son. It is an Eddie sized version of the tin can man. Yes, yeah. it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And at first I'm like, hmm, it must be Eddie in there. But I Yes, it isn't, is it? Oh, if he made like a, a cyborg Eddie. <laughs> I, I didn't notice it until you're watching the clip up top is that there were eye holes cut into the front of the, the mask mm-hmm. right below the eyes of the robot. So yep. I didn't notice it when Boris first came out. It was then when they brought, you know, they showed him playing with Eddie in the next scene that I was like, oh, wow, that's very obvious eye holes. <laughs> Two, they look like the um, the the snout holes on Peter Porker. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just like half circles, <laughs> kind of angled down a little bit. Um, so yeah, there there's that. So it's a robot, um, Eddie sized robot. Makes a lot of mechanical noises when it moves. A lot of noises. This robot speaks and beeps and boops. Yep. Herman loves it. He says it's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. Grandpa, you're the greatest. 
And the grandpa says, son-in-law, that's the first thing in years I've agreed with. Mm. Then they laugh and we get our commercial break. So far, pretty much on track so far. I feel like it's been, I mean, there's a little bit of a side tangent with Herman pulling out all the props, but it's kind of fun in the same way. It's been very mm-hmm. focused, I feel like. A lot of time waster. It's like over yes. 13 minutes to this point to get to the commercial break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a spot when I was watching, I paused, and I paused at the 12.52 mark, and there was 12.52 left. And uh, in my mind, I paused. I paused time when I traveled back in time. <laughs> oh, sure. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it's been 12 minutes and 52 seconds. And I'm like, oh, there's probably 12.52 left. Um, and it was not even to the dungeon scene yet. I was like, oh my God, this episode's going forever. But we get that commercial break. Probably watch some 20 Mule Team Lorax commercials. Yep. The Lorax himself. The Lorax himself. Save the trees. Fade in from commercial break to Eddie and Boris doing something. It's like an erector set, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, that, that thing that's is. That's what it looked like, yeah. Like little metal beams building a crane or something like that. Mm, okay. Some sort of construction thing. Yep. Architecture. Architecture. Everyone thinks it's great that they're becoming friends. And he's like, yeah, if I miss some parts, I can grab them right off Boris. <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm. Just dismantling Boris. Herman comes home from work. Daddy's home again. Yep. Herman said the power was fine. He was on the go-go wagon, stuffy office stuff. Doesn't matter. Boris comes over and grabs Herman's lunchbox from him. Like, oh, let me take that out of your hands. It's way too heavy for you. Lily says he's he was such a oh that Boris was such a help around the house. At lunch, he opened all the tin cans with his teeth. Didn't know he had teeth. He but does, doesn't he, even have a mouth. Yeah, he's just got like a little weird metal thing there for a mouth. Yeah. Well, it's, well, something for the actor underneath to breathe. I guess. Yeah. Maybe there is like just a like a person under that. Like like you know, Grandpa made like this robot. You know, like a cyborg. Right. Maybe there's like made oh of God. human parts. And so like underneath is actual like a human, like a disfigured human's face, like melded with this metal. <laughs> and so like he's just like yeah. actually had to use his teeth to open in, it. In the in the ideal version of this, at some point in time, uh Boris gets knocked down and the thing kind of cracks a little bit, and we can see like the human face underneath it. And it's, it's uh no, it's uh it's a uh, Googie. Oh, oh it's yeah. yeah, that's what happened to Googie. I thought you were making a Empire Strikes Back reference. No, no, no. Eddie fights Boris. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie goes into a dark tree outside um, that we've never seen before until this episode. And then he, yeah, just ends up slicing off Boris's head. And there he is. No, I was just hoping it was Googie coming back. No. Then Herman reveals that he's Eddie's father all along. (laughs) (laughs) It can't be. It isn't true. Lily is going to get dinner going. Marilyn, let's go get dinner. Herman, I heard about a new TV dinner. How does that sound? They really wanted to work this joke in because somebody yep. said it at their house. TV dinner? Wouldn't the dials, the tubes be lumpy? <laughs> There's like an awkward pause. And I was like, are they being serious or not? And then like Herman laughs at himself. So like, oh, he's joking. Herman laughs. And I was caught up. between groaning at that and going, man, that's the type of joke I would make. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grandpa says you suck. Uh, Eddie goes yep. you double suck. But Marilyn throws a tomato at his face. Marilyn throws a tomato. Lily takes a dump in her fist and pushes it right into oh. his nose. Mm. Boris wow. though laughs. Boris mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. Me, 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 me. 
Herman tries. <laughs> Herman wipes wow, the shit like off Wario. his face and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, Herman. Uh, <laughs> Herman tries to say hello to everybody. Like so, Lily and Marilyn go off. This is like. Hello, Grandpa, buddy, old pal, old chum, old chump, old buddy, old pal, old pal, old chum, old buddy, old like it goes like what the fuck are we doing? Grip's like you're laying on thick. Here's the funny pages. He gives him the funny pages. Boris runs over and grabs them for some reason. I thought, oh, he's gonna destroy him. This is where <laughs> yeah. the tension between Boris and Herman begins. Mm-hmm. But no, he hates comics. He d- nope. He loves comics because he grabs him out of Grandpa's hand, turns. The four degrees to his left, uh, accumulating a total of four inches of travel space, and mm-hmm. hands the paper to Herman. And Herman goes, Oh, he's so polite. Herman goes and sits down. He's going to talk to Eddie, but Boris brings over a footstool and then tries to lift Herman's feet. But Herman's like, I'll just do it myself. Eddie is not a fan of playing with Boris. Boris sure is polite, and Eddie's just like, sure is. Eddie has yeah. had it with Boris already. He didn't have it with Boris earlier when he was like, I'll rip him apart for pieces. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're having fun yeah. playing, and as soon as Herman comes in, he's like, I hate this robot son of a bitch. Yeah, he goes, he is soured a lot. Like, he's very grumpy. Quickly. I bugged you all to get me a little brother, and when you guys come up with a solution, and now I'm just, I'm annoyed that there's another kid here. Yes. You instantly got me a little brother that didn't involve pills, potions, stealing a baby, uh, but did require building a robot that is sentient, that is quite the technological feat, and mm-hmm. I am angry about it. Fade to dinner. It's delicious. Herman's clapping. Lily made Chinese food for a change, and she mm. offers Grandpa some more filet of dragon. And there's a little fire-breathing dragon on the table. Yeah, yeah and it's not a TV dinner that they were talking about. No, it looks like a little chicken fried statue of a dragon. Yeah, it does. It does. Grandpa's pumped. He's like, "This goes good on a chilly day." But Herman points out that Eddie hasn't eaten anything, but he doesn't even feel like eating. Lily thinks he's sick because he's not as green around the gills as he usually is. Herman says, "No, the way, uh, no, the way, <laughs> no, the way, no, the no way. way. Clean your goddamn plate, little boy. There are there are robots starving in China that would kill for that food." Herman tells Eddie to sit up straight like Boris. Eat like Boris. Boris, Boris, Boris. Mm-hmm. That's what Eddie snaps. Bor- Boris, Boris, Boris knows Boris. the value of iron. I thought that was oh funny. yeah, he knows the value of. Yeah. He even ate all his spinach. The value of iron in his body or in his diet or whatever. And uh, so that's actually like a weird, I don't know where it came from, but spinach doesn't really have any iron in it. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I only know that because when my children were born, they were both like low on iron <laughs> and they're like, you gotta give them iron rich things. And I'm like, I mean, what's iron rich? And I was looking it up and it's not spinach. It's like an old wives' tale. So I wonder where that's why that started to begin with. That's really weird. I don't know. Probably sell spinach at some point in time. Yeah, like, prob- probably actually. Like oh, during 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 steam. war or something like that, and we need <laughs> yeah. to pump yeah. up spinach. Sales. Save all your yeah. spinach because we're gonna need it to make yeah, like steel for the war. We need walls. it for missiles. Yeah, mm-hmm. making now, shells with that iron. No, forgive me if I if I miss this, but because we've moved on to like him explaining how Boris is doing everything right. The scene starts, Boris is like sitting, he's got like a glass of milk right in front of like yes. he, and I don't understand that at all. He's a robot. 
Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. And they, and they he, hadn't he, even got they hadn't even got to the part of him eating, but he's just sitting there like he cleans it right plate. in front. Like he's not sure if he's supposed to like drink it or hold it there or what he's supposed to do with it. It looks it looks very it's I'm just like, what is going on? Why is he, he holding it? He definitely ate all his food, like Herman said. So he's definitely got a mouth and there's like some sort of being underneath all that robot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So where did grandpa get this child from? That is a great question. Mm-hmm. Um we could do a true crime podcast about that, probably. Oh, there we go. And oh, this is stop, over. Stop, Let's stop, do it. stop. Yeah. Every time I hear there we go, I I immediately tense up to a point. Um, what? <laughs> okay. Well, well, there we go. It's oh, always monsters fun. related. It's like, oh, after this, we do this monsters. I'm just like, I, I, I don't ever. <laughs> yeah, monsters, once, true crime. Yeah. <laughs> once the monster hunters. As it exists, has completed. And once we've watched all monsters things, mm-hmm. I'm going to have the monsters portion of my brain lobotomized. <laughs> it's going to be ripped out of my skull, and I'm going to have a Viking funeral for it. Okay, and then we could do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Terry, <laughs> bring Terry, on a new beer. Terry, Terry, don't tell him. Don't have. Don't right. tell him. Oh no! <laughs> hey, Terry, we got a new idea there for we a go. podcast. Yeah. Eddie's like boars, 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 and he runs off. Fade two. Boris wanting to play with Eddie, and he says, "Fuck off, robot freak!" Smashes whatever it was <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> Lily's yells at him. Now, Lily's going to say my favorite thing in this whole episode. She goes, "You march upstairs and put in your jammies." <laughs> yeah, that was a weird. Accent choice Jammies. there. I'm going to say that's the first time she ever read the word, and no yep. one corrected her. Never heard it before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is this pronounced? Jamies. Yep. Go with it. And he <laughs> says, "Everyone hates him. Everyone hates me." And Lily says, "Well, just for that, you can't take your cold water bottle to bed with you tonight, because it's the opposite of what you would do." I would love a cold water bottle with me at night. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I don't know why this is a bad thing. Like some cold water when I like wake up in the middle of the night would be just so nice. Yeah, I have one of those. Uh, well, it's it's like a hot water bottle type concept where it's supposed to, you're putting like on your back or something that's supposed to oh. keep you warm. Yeah, so it's not like a bottle of water right next to you to to drink during the night. Can you drink it though? I mean, I guess you could. <laughs> yeah, so, like a straw um, poking out that you can just. Yeah, but I I have one of those um I have one of those blankets that's like a cooling blanket. Mm, I've never heard of this. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't work really all that well. But I don't put it on me like a normal blanket. I lay it on like my side of the bed, and then that's what I lay on so that it helps keep like cooler. Because mm. I get way too warm at night. Okay, I lay it on thick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard of a cooling blanket. I have heard of a hot water bottle. I've also heard of those uh, uh, pillows that like oh, always stay cold. cold. Yeah, they don't work. Yeah, either. it's it's a it's a similar concept blanket though. It's a concept blanket. No, similar similar to similar to the pillow one. It's like it's got like some NASA did something with it. I don't know. NASA my did my it. favorite uh, part of the the blanket expo was the concept blankets that you'd see. <laughs> oh like, God, these yeah. blankets are coming out in 30 years, maybe and be like, Oh, that's pretty awesome. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They had all these like blueprints and designs, mm-hmm. just like blankets you couldn't even imagine because they're mm-hmm. so far yeah. ahead of what yeah. this is like. This is what we imagine the blankets will be like for in a hundred years, and it's just this yeah. crazy the Chicago blanket show. The Chicago McCarty blanket place. show every Man, year. At every year. Place. Yep. My my dad would take me, and it would be the greatest thing ever. Two weeks, two weeks of blankets, and you know sometimes like some Chicago Bears would be there or something like that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yes. So many celebrities. Yeah, yeah. They, but, I think they handed out a poster of like the eighty-five Bears all holding blankets or something like that. Yes, something like that. They did do always that. got great guests, just great guests every time. So many convention, you know. This is everybody's showcasing their new blankets, new styles. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. They yeah. had models that would just hold the blankets up on like little things that would turn slowly. Mm-hmm. Little, you know, mm-hmm. they'd, be, they'd have a bed and they would like slowly rotate and just the models lay and like cover up in the blanket and like act mm-hmm. like they're asleep. Looks yeah. so comfortable. I love that. I always like to go find like the high end name brand blankets like that, that like my family was, you know, my family was buying like, you know, some normal stuff. And these were the, you know, the high end ones. High like end bl- blankets. You know, yeah. The fan art was always nice. You go to the, like the, the fan art, you know, there's oh, all those artists yes. there that are drawing all their favorite blankets. You can get them signed sure. usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a great experience. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite part was always you get the bag. When you walk in, and then you just get all the pamphlets from yes. all the different blankets, and then when you get home, you'd go through and be like, "Oh, I remember this blanket. I love this one." <laughs> yeah, a pen, uh, erasers, mm, uh, yeah. you know, some sort of little you know tchotchkes for kids. Usually, a, like a mini blanket that you could put on like your GI Joe figure or something like that. Yeah, so love many it. blankets, and I always thought every time we went that we were going because. My dad wanted to look at new blankets because we get new blankets soon. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and okay. so I'd be like, "What about this blanket? It's pretty cool, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's cool. all right." Mm-hmm. We never got a new blanket from the blanket really? expo. Oh. Nope. nope. Did you guys ever cosplay <laughs> when you went? That was always fun. at the blanket expo yeah. as a blanket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, I sometimes I would go as a sheep. Um, oh, okay. Source yeah. of wool, which okay, blankets yeah. were woven from. <laughs> That makes sense. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I go as like a fiber, fiber, fibers. Yeah. yeah. I dress up like I dress up like a ghost. No, oh, because Keith then yeah, a ghost. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I'd be using like some like really cool sheets that I would yeah. assume people would recognize. But people would be like, "That's not a blanket, you son of a bitch! It's a sheet." Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that yeah. You had to walk a fire. I'd be like, "Look, dude, that. I'm I'm usually too hot to use a blanket, so I but, use a sheet." <laughs> that's so what they're... you say. It's not a fitted sheet. This is what it's like a blanket, just really thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, well, why don't you just go down the road to the sheet, the sheet showcase, huh? Why are you here? They get really mad. <laughs> that, like, that's a, that that's a small corner of the blanket, the sheet uh, showcase, the blanket yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. show. Yeah, it's like it's like mm-hmm. two blocks away. It's out of you know, it's kind of its own like independent thing. They just set it up every year at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So Lily sends uh, Eddie to bed in his jammies. Jammies. Um, we fade to Herman and Grandpa reading the paper. Boris walks in. He wants Herman to read to him a bedtime story. Oh, Herman picks it out. He's like, oh, we're really in sync. The gears are in sync. So Boris gets up on his lap. Herman's reading Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It's his favorite. He can't wait for the movie with Doris Day. This is second Doris Day mentioned in about four weeks. Keith? Actress, woman. First and last name, we'll start with D. Yep, double D. Eddie comes down in his jammies, and he's pissed. He sees Herman reading. 
He's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? He can't read. And he runs out the front door. Great. Yeah, he just Turn. runs away, I he guess. He just runs yeah. away. Just goes out the front door. He doesn't say, I hate you all, or you hate me, or why are you reading to that robot freak? Nothing. He just <laughs> runs out the front door. Yep. Yeah. The robot freak who eventually falls asleep? Yeah, because Herm's reading the story, and he's doing voices, but then you hear, <laughs> Boris fell asleep, <laughs> and he's snoring. And yep. Grandpa says, well, he has been pretty wound up all day. <laughs> Lily comes down in a tizzy. Oh, my God, I can't find Eddie. I sent him to bed in his jammies, and he isn't up there now. He's not in his room. I don't know what to do. Uh, she even she sent him up there, and Herman freaks out, and then he apologizes to Boris for waking him up. Marilyn even looked in the attic. He isn't there hanging from the rafters. Oh, my God. Herman starts shouting out orders. You go this way. I'll go that way. And he rams right into the organ. He does. But a lot he of ramming in this episode. He attempts to run through the organ. I don't know what I, he's doing. I think he was probably thought he was supposed to turn and run into some and like run through a wall like he normally would and just know. didn't realize where he was in the in the set. I don't know, but man, he just rammed in that organ. And uh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't call on the stunt, stunt double for a lot of these because he <laughs> does a lot of like pratfalls in this. He falls down the the stairs he falls into eddie's bookcases he falls into the organ yeah he faints like five times he does faint a lot this is this is a very slapsticky herman episode i thought i did read someplace at at one time that i can't remember his name either uh yeah fred gwynn uh (laughs) he liked to he did a lot of his own like those basic stunt type things like the fall stuff like that that Maybe yeah, not falling stones. all the way down the stairs, but like, you know, the regular, like, you know, the faints and stuff like that, that he probably did a lot of those hmm. himself. Tom Cruise Cruz style. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fred Quinn, the three greatest stuntmen <laughs> ever. Yeah. The very well known stuntman. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine Herman riding a motorcycle down a mountain and jumping it off a cliff? Oh, yes, I could. Yeah. I'm imagining it right now and I love <laughs> yeah, that. It, seems, it seems amazing. I haven't seen the movie. I just know that scene because mm-hmm. they hype the shit out of that scene for so long, mm-hmm. for like two years. Yeah. Get ready because the scene's coming. It, it'll give you context, but without the context, we're going to show you how the stunt was done. Tom Cruise jumped off this cliff 50 times. <laughs> Great. Yep. Good job. Once again, he did a crazy <laughs> thing. Yeah, Herman breaks his ankle but still makes jumps, things like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It hangs off a moving plane. Yep. Flips off mm-hmm. of trains. Herman does it all. Now, hold on. Now I'm picturing Herman running like Tom Cruise does in every movie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm picturing running like the Ezra Miller in The Flash. The Flash? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Slow motion, but also fast. Wow. And weirdly mm-hmm. punching at air. Yep. Mm-hmm. Leans really hard forward. Uh, Herman smashes an organ. Grandpa's like, we got to do this the right way. Lily blames Herman instantly. This mm. is all your fault. You made Eddie feel bad. He hurt his feelings. Now, I'm not really fully enjoying this episode so far anyway, but this is the point where I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, Yes. There's uh, no reason to yell at Herman for this at all. No. Uh, Marilyn's looked at, Marilyn comes down. I've looked everywhere. He's not in the house. Herman's like, oh, you know what can do this? Spot can do this. Give him Eddie's jacket. 
And that's where we get the following Yes. Clip. If anyone can sniff like a bloodhound, it's Spot. <laughs> Are you there, Spotty? No. Good boy. Now, Spotty, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sniff this coat and lead us to Eddie. Mm-hmm. With a sniffer like that, he can't miss. You will find any spot. Go fetch. When they open it up, you can see spots. They don't do a good camera angle. No. And you can see spots whole head with the mouth open right there. Yes. And I know they don't have the front door open, but with as hard as spot apparently is sucking in so that he can sniff Eddie. Mm-hmm. Eddie should have came flying through the door almost. Well, yeah. wait, you don't know that Eddie's just outside the front door until spot mm-hmm. smashes the front door and they True. go, he's found yeah. Eddie. All they did yes, do was immediately. open the fucking door. They could have looked outside for five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so it, spots giant tail is barely through the door and grandpa mm-hmm. goes, they's found him. So they all run out there. And what lo and behold, sitting in a tree in the front yard, mm-hmm. clear is... as day and view, just right there. Literally, you o- open the door to leave, and you would see him like an, mm-hmm. with an eyesight. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. I bet you if you looked out the window, you'd see him too. True. Yeah. Or maybe when you're running around the house looking all over for him, if you look yeah. out the, one of the windows in the built room, you'd see him too. Maybe check anywhere outside first. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think that Marilyn's window opens right up out to all that stuff because that one yeah. guy that one time came up the. Uh, the awning or whatever it was to like try and save her. That's all right there that she could look out and see. Well, so they go up to Eddie. He's in a tree. Herman demands Eddie come down right now. He's like, I'm going to stay up here until I croak because no one loves me and no one cares. And Lily's like, well, that's nonsense. We all love you from your hooves to your pointed ears. Like, yeah, he has hooves. Hmm. We've never seen him without shoes on. No, we don't. But that would mean he's not like a wolf boy. He's like a demon. Like a centaur? A centaur, maybe? Um, or some sort of imp? I don't know what he is. Mm. Oh, he's like that Um, in the Chronicles of Narnia, that little guy with the... What's that oh. guy? <laughs> Pan about? type thing? Yeah. Yes, yes. Goat boy. Yeah. What was called? Yeah, I don't Jim remember. Jim Brewer. But if he's supposed to be a, a werewolf boy, like, why know. would he have hooves? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I just said. God damn it, Dick, but, Dick, Con- Dick Conway. Learn to read so you can write things correctly. He's a werewolf. I don't understand where these hoods are coming from. <laughs> Dude, I just said that. Oh. Thank you, Dick Conway. Ugh. Everyone agrees. We all love you, Eddie. Boris walks in right when everyone's saying this. And it, and like, for some I, I reason, thought you were going to say everyone agrees. Why does he have hoods? <laughs> Everyone agrees hooves don't make sense for a werewolf boy. And that's when Boris walks in and he says, beep, boop, beep, beep, hooves don't make sense. And then everyone says, Boris, we just said that. Now, Eddie says, Dad likes Boris better. And Herman's like, No, I was just being polite and repaying the kindness that he showed me. It's a thing he I learned from an Andy Hardy picture. But Boris hears this and he's like, he was just being kind to me. 
I'm out of here. So Boris, <laughs> how dare you? Yes. How dare you be kind to me, you big monster? It wasn't true love. It was yeah, just kindness. Yep. <laughs> Boris hears this and walks away, and he's like, "Oh!" And he hops down into Herman's arms, and he apologizes to Herman. I'm sorry, I misunderstood you, Pop. And Grandpa said, or he goes, "You love me, don't you?" And Grandpa says, "Of course he does. He's just too stupid to show it." And then Herman goes, "Thank you." They all walk back inside. Now Boris is gone. The chair that he previously <laughs> occupied is now empty. Mm-hmm. He could have got up and walked away, but Grandpa goes freaking out and he looks down the hallway and there's B- Boris walking and he's got a bindle over his shoulder. Yes, he's, he's got a bindle. <laughs> he's packed up and ready to go. <laughs> I actually like that image. I thought it was funny. It was amazing. Yeah. The family's like, no, Boris. And they run out in the hallway after him. Grandpa stops him before he gets to the kitchen door. He's like, you can't get out of here. He picks him up, throws up on the counter. Meryl's like, oh, he was really serious about running away. What would we ever do without this robot we've had in our lives for mm-hmm. hmm, 48 hours? Grandpa's mm-hmm. like, damn right. He took his oil can and his wrench with him. Oh, Lily and Herman then yell at Boris. What were you thinking, you idiot robot? Why would you run away from a loving house that loves you, you little fucking piece of you shit? robot freak? Yeah, robot fucking freak. Boris uh, beep boop said he thought he was responsible for adding what Eddie wanting to leave. And Eddie's like, no, you dumb robot freak. It was hmm. my fault. I'm the <laughs> one that fucked everything up. And everyone agrees. And yeah, it was this little shit's fault. And Boris and Eddie make up. This little hooved freak. This little hooved freak. And the robot freak, they shake hands for a very long time. It's almost as if like they didn't, they needed like 10 more seconds to the like the episode time. So they just hold hands and I'll tell you Rolling his hand. Keep going. Keep Mm -hmm. going. And they're like, uh, my hands are getting sweaty. Final commercial break. Now, remember, the commercial break is there so you can calm down your face from all the laughter that's led up to this point. You know how sometimes you laugh really hard and you get like the pain like in your jaw? Yeah. You massage that out. Get a drink. Calm down. I get that so much watching the monsters, too. It's always nice. It always happens right at the right time. Yes. So thank God for the commercial break. Now we're coming back and it's going to knock your socks off. It'll be the funniest thing Mm -hmm. that's ever existed in sports time in your mm-hmm. life is about ready to happen my jaw's gonna hit the floor hit the floor and then probably like it's gonna jack camera its way through the floor because you'd be laughing so hard be like, oh yes <laughs> my jaw's <laughs> gonna be going from normal position down to the floor at like a rapid speed <laughs> you'll strike oil yes. now herman- some bits, i hear some oil miners <laughs> actually do that like they bring the monsters with them and they watch <laughs> it it's actually much this faster. episode in particular too uh-huh. you have to watch the whole episode to get to the final jack hammer jaw moment mm-hmm. yes well <laughs> yeah. because yeah the build-up isn't there if you just skip to the end so you have no. to go through every, for 20 some minutes you gotta watch it yeah, yeah it's just like a dull context. thudding if you try and do like any of that type of activity uh when they go yeah. to that last commercial break, it's just not going to bust through anything. No. You got to wait till you get to that final mm-hmm. part. Yes. It's yes. like the primer on a lawnmower. You got to press it a few times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I Perfect. was thinking the same thing. It's like the primer <laughs> on the lawnmower. So Herman, grandpa, Marilyn, Lily in the living room. Lily is reading a letter. 
dear monsters, thanks for shipping me off to some relatives in Death Valley. I look forward oh. to visiting a vacation. Your loving oh. robot son, Boris. So he some amount of time has passed mm-hmm. between the handshake and now that have allowed them to not just disassemble this robot and throw the parts in various parts of the world so they'll never be reassembled. Yeah, exactly. They no. send them off to a relative we've never heard about before that mm-hmm. lives in Death Valley. And the main part of it was because... Uh, they couldn't send him they, to school. Because he didn't have a birth certificate. Yes. Which in Maryland's response is, hopefully in the future, prejudices like that will go away. Yes. Yeah, Pretty sure we still need to show a birth certificate when we go register. Yes. Lily hopes Eddie can get over losing his robot brother. Because it... They're acting like they just found out that Boris got sent off. Yeah, did he like run away after they all like stopped <laughs> yeah. talking to him? It's like they they had to do this. They had to send him off, right? It's like it's not like they're at the train station saying au revoir to him as he runs off, and Herman and Eddie are running alongside the train or anything like that. No, yeah, he's gone. It's just weird that they're getting rid of Boris like this. I know. It's like they only needed him for one episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want him to stick around for some reason. Yeah, yeah, that cyborg freak. Mm, this robot freak. I hope Eddie can get over losing this robot freak brother. Herman <laughs> Herman mm. looks into the camera and thinks it's going to take some time. You look, and he, the look in the camera is a weird one. And he turns his head a little bit, cocks it to the side, and has like a longing look in his face. We cut <laughs> to Eddie hanging upside down from a tree by his knees. He's talking to his new friend. And he's like, I hardly miss Boris since I met you. And the camera pans out. And it's a girl hanging upside Ooh. down next to him. And she likes things like bugs and all the icky, icky shit. And she is mm-hmm. twice his size. Twice his size. Even if he cut off the pigtails. Mm-hmm. They hold hands. They swing by their knees. Credits. What a weird way to end it. Yeah. Just made a new friend. That's all I needed was friends. Wow. Not not a not an awful ending, but just again weird that they insist on no matter what happens previously they got because they have to do that commercial break. So they come back with some weird little thing when it's obviously the episode is done before the commercial break. Like I, I most yeah most times these episodes we watch they never really should come back from the commercial break. Just call the day and I, we're done. I feel like Boris should have just ran away and they let him go. Like, like let, him, <laughs> yeah. let him find his way out there. They stopped him from running away only to ship him off to a relative. Yes. Just let him go find his own way in the world. And then we can have a spinoff. Oh, man. The Boris Munster show. Yes. Yes. He just goes oh, from town to town solving crimes. Mm-hmm, with his robot. Or, strength, maybe, his maybe, he's, robot maybe he's committing crimes mm. or committing crimes. Yeah. Whatever he does, he's got like, some plucky teens with him and a talking dog. Well, and but oh, eventually, yeah. well, that's the other maybe thing I was thinking dogs. was like, Okay, so he runs away, and then we get like uh, you know, like Rob Zombie does <laughs> monsters no! too, and yes. we get and we get that we get like some weird Here like we go. bad guy that we Here find we out go. is really is really Boris, much like in the like when Scrappy Doo shows up as like oh. the villain in that in the live action uh, uh, Scooby Doo one. I That's like what that. I was kind of picturing. There you go. Maybe Igor was piloting it the whole time. Mm, oh yeah there we go yeah as soon as rob zombie's name gets invoked i tune out for a few minutes yeah um i see 
Maybe Rob Zombie will make a second Monsters, and it will have Boris in it, and all everyone's favorite characters come back. Boris, Googie, oh Googie's got <laughs> Gas be in Man. It. Uh, who it's else? Like the, it's like the Sinister Six of, of the Monsters. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The Babysitter should probably show up. I think. Yep. Yeah, who else? Who else? Oh, that truant officer in the Tin Can Man episode. Yep. The um, the, the principal that showed mm-hmm. up in the first couple episodes. Probably yeah. The oh, you, the the bankers are like, oh, look at these yes. people. They tried to overdraft an account. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're probably like all 10 bankers from the series to show up at one point. Um, <laughs> the guy that wanted to marry Marilyn just for the gold doubloons. Yes, yes, we want him. Uh, yep. There's a lot of characters you could bring in like that, you know, like the, the bear. And, and when, when, they, when they yeah, when they see the, the guy who tried to marry Marilyn for the gold doubloons, when they figure it out. They will eventually like pull a mask off, and they'll find out it's somebody else uh, altogether. Oh, some other probably, evil, yeah. some other evil person. Yeah. Hopefully that happens. I really do. I really hope and pray that that is um, that is created for our consumption. <laughs> yep. Just us. I'd consume that. <laughs> Rob, we want a movie just we'll for the three of us. <laughs> you, know, we'll he, he, you know he's a he's a valued listener, and he's a listener right now, and he's like, holy shit. <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie. I'm sure he calls her by all three names. Yeah. Yeah. Get in here. These guys get me. <laughs> well, sure, two man, of you're, them do. You're going to play all ten bankers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the role I was born to play, and then so she goes, and uh, <laughs> it's it's, it's actually like, just she plays every character like it's just. <laughs> <I> just <laughs> oh, that would be awesome! Oh man! Oh man! Oh, Rob Zombie, call us. We love you. Mm. <laughs> so there it was. We did it. Season two, episode. Man. 27 Eddie's brother <laughs> what y'all think of? like I guess there's a couple things I like most well, like any of these episodes we watch there's like a, a, a small handful of things each episode but like this is just another Eddie runs away because he thinks nobody loves him episode and this kind of I like we've had like three or four of those already so can we just not can we not do that anymore like there's more than just Eddie to do stuff with Eddie or grandpa or Herman, which seems to be all they've really done this entire second season. Like there's barely any Lily or Marilyn centric episodes to go with. Like there's gotta be some, and also it's Eddie runs away. Like I kind of want, I want to know more about Boris going off to death Valley. Like who are these, who are these relatives that they sent them to? That's like, a question. Like, how about you introduce Boris earlier, as early as possible, instead of, like, this whole Herman tries to convince Lily they should have another kid. Grandpa goes, Eddie says he wants a kid. Grandpa goes, cool, I'll make you a robot. And then they're like, you know what? This isn't going to work out perfect here, but we have these two relatives. And have those two relatives come and pick uh, Boris up. And then we can meet more of the Munster family. But in a way, didn't we, with the Boris isn't Boris new monsters family? Boris is new monsters. I mean, Keith's always looking for more. No, monsters no, no, family. no. I mean, no. Like, I mean, like the the relatives. Like, I know, I know. Who are these? Like, are those are those Marilyn's parents? Mm, I mean, no they know they're supposed to be a sister. Yeah, they don't say exactly who, what relative they are. No, or how they're related. No, 
and I mean, we've already met all of Herman's relatives, apparently, because how many more versions of that can Fred Gwynn play? So it it would have to be somebody on Lily's side. Yeah, you'd think. And and if that's the case, it would be awesome to have them come back through. Like maybe they forgot who Marilyn was. And they come in to get the other kid. They'd rather have the robot freak. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, just do you one better and just don't go with the creation of Boris. Just Boris is already their son. And they're, they go to visit or Marilyn. And like you said, it's Marilyn's parents. They're going back to visit Marilyn's parents and whatever. And Boris oh, they did, they did a big. swap. They did a swap Marilyn for, for I wasn't Boris. going that far, but maybe, yeah. Or maybe they yeah. do a wife swap. Uh, <laughs> Herman yeah. has an opportunity to to get freaky with some other woman. And I don't know. Who knows? Oh, yeah. So so uh, Eddie says he wants a little brother. And then we find out, hey, guess what? There was one. Oh, but 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 we, uh, you know, they needed us to take Marilyn in. And so oh, we were I like, thought it was get real dark for a minute. There, oh, no. No, and so we traded uh, with the uh, with Marilyn's mm-hmm. parents for her, and so let's go meet Boris. Maybe a special ingredient that Grandpa needed for his potion, so we had to. Get <laughs> I wasn't going that dark. Um, I actually liked this episode quite a bit. Um, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Boris was funny. Uh, Herman was on the top of his game in this episode. I liked all the slapstick stuff. Him falling the bonnet's getting you. The uh, bonnet the credit, was right? top tier. I loved watching him <laughs> just like shaking that rattle with the bonnet. That was so funny. When he's like all the all oxen free, skipping around and falls down the stairs. <laughs> that was pretty good. I don't know. I mean, there's some issues I have with it. It's kind of like the way they like solve it, but just like shipping him off to the family. Like we've talked about, it's kind of weird. Um, they don't want to keep this robot guy around, I guess, but I I don't know. That's I don't really have too many complaints. I like I liked it. I thought it was pretty decent. This episode exists. <laughs> hey, that's better than usually. Uh, you know, it is so many things that I despise about this show. But the robot with the bindle was a highlight for me. <laughs> that was great. And it's almost like they're like, oh. We need to make an episode that panders to somebody who likes the episode where Herman thought a little robot was his son yes. and who also liked the Tin Can Man episode. We need a very a very specific demographic. Yeah. And, Let's, and, uh, and these guys, who and, and they also should help host the podcast. <laughs> yes, so. we should appeal to this one person. And they tried. They didn't hit the mark, but I didn't. I wasn't like, God. Well, I did at one point say I fucking hate this show. And I can't remember what it was, what made me say it, but I did say it. Um, and I usually say it once a week. Okay. Well, well that's normal. That's not bad. <laughs> we know yeah. what we thought. What did the internet say? Well, on November 13th of 2018, Jimmy underscore the underscore Jet 4 had this to say Eddie wants a baby brother. When Eddie asks for a baby brother to play with, Grandpa builds a robot boy for him. Funny episode with a robot named Boris. Eddie starts feeling jealous when Herman spends more time with him. Butch Patrick was a good child actor, and this is one of the episodes which allows him to shine. Four out of five, find out helpful. No score. Classic. Classic Jimmy Mm -hmm. underscore Gent. Classic Jimmy Coward. underscore the underscore gent for it. And that's the only uh, 
what's it called? User review. That's I want to say public review, but that wasn't right. Speaking of only one for this week, this episode that we watched is the only one for this week. And uh, what's going to make us want to come back for the only one next week? Something had to have happened to keep us alive and fighting for Munster's fandom and stardom. Superstar Munster battle. Ooh. That there's five episodes left after next week. Yeah, maybe. I'm. I, it's starting. To, like I'm running out of reasons to want it to come back. Through. <laughs> I, I'm really excited for like. Um. So, I think the real reveal that I should have done, and I think they'll maybe touch on this in the next episode, is that Grandpa's just been building hundreds of these robot boys. Hundreds <laughs> of them. He's got a little army. robot boys. It was so easy. He did it in a couple hours, and he just yes. created like life, basically. Yeah. He even which, bragged about which how fast tin, he did which it. Tin Man thing they like spent like a week working on it, mm-hmm. and the thing kept falling apart all the time. So he's yeah. perfected this since yeah. then. He's gotten it better, and I think he, this is his ultimate plan: is just to like replace everyone with robot people, and you know, oh. take over the world, and he'll be king. And I think I love that, that idea. That's going to happen in the next episode. He just commands an army of little robot boys. Mm-hmm. Like like uh like Doctor Doom with the Doombots. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Um, and but they're all really polite. You know, they help you carry your luggage or your lunchbox yeah. and yeah. Get you the paper. Get you the paper. Give you a footstool. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. So Keith is just cutting off the clock. Terry is expecting a huge takeover of the world. Oh yeah, huge plot development. Yeah. Yep. I'm looking for I see you're looking for plot developments. I'm looking for character developments. Oh, right. Okay. And I think something huge is gonna happen next week Ooh. with Lily. Ooh. We haven't Lily hasn't expanded her character a whole lot, but I think now is the time. Okay. And she is going to eat soup with a spoon. Oh <laughs> okay. I think it's a spoon. Wow. It, yeah. we've led up to it, we've been skirting around it. The whole time, the previous 65 episodes have skirted around the fact that she eats soup. We don't know. We never see utensil being used. I've never seen her reach that soup to her lips and actually eat it. No, she's made soup. She made iguana soup a few episodes ago. How does she eat it? We need to know. These are the things. What if she doesn't use a spoon? I Now, I'm hoping it's a spoon because then all, all of my fan theories will be confirmed. But if she right. doesn't use a spoon, well, she uses like a butter knife and she like oh. finds a way to just like slap it into her mouth from a distance. <laughs> just flicks it up into her mouth. <laughs> yes. Like what if she does? <laughs> oh, I almost want to see that happen now. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's just sitting there to do it. Ooh, man. flapping at air. <laughs> As she, oh, as she's using, all the, over. using the knife to splash soup up at her face. Mm-hmm. Some of it gets in her mouth. Most of it gets on her clothes and face. <laughs> but that's how she was taught. You know, that's the only way she's ever learned how to do it. A spoon that's, would be harder. It hold be on. way harder. Ditching the spoon. I need this knife theory to play out now. Because that answers <laughs> so many questions. Oh, that connects more dots than your, your fan theories. Yeah. So, I hadn't yeah. even thought about it until we were just... You know, you know how like when you're talking and riffing, like you get new ideas. And that, there it mm-hmm. is. I just love this idea of her lapping at air. <laughs> it's just a whole episode where they they eat soup for twenty four mm-hmm. minutes. <laughs> Everybody else is done, and they're just watching her like try to eat the rest of it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> like they're trying to talk while it's happening, and Grip's like, no, 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 just let her, 
Uh, oh, interrupt this. Yeah. Like they ask her a question. Grandpa's <laughs> like, stop, stop, stop. Don't interrupt her. She's got it. Let her finish the soup. If she oh, has to start over, it's gonna take even longer. <laughs> Come back from the commercial break. <laughs> Be ready because now the funniest thing is gonna happen. She's still just <laughs> everybody else has left the table. She's all by herself. It's like she's got this giant bowl of soup, and it just takes forever to get through it. Oh god, I love the idea. That's what I'm hoping happens next week. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They have been building up to this for a while. So we need um, the payoff. We need yeah. the how is soup eaten payoff. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, we did it. We did it. Yep. We're so close. We're yep. so close. I can taste the end. I can taste it just like about bits of soup flying in there. <laughs> yeah. It's like steaming hot soup, too. It's like scalding. Burning to the touch, but I still know I have to eat it. <laughs> uh, the distance it travels through the air, though, probably cools it off a little bit because it's just True. droplets, right? You think it would right? And the harder you flick it, the yeah, assuming yeah. the faster it cools, right? It's not like it's molten rock, you know. So it's it's gonna it's not a bowl of lava. It's just a bowl oh. of chicken noodle soup or lobster bisque Who or knows? some sort of like iguana style soup. It's, yeah, oh yeah, it's probably like. They're like, oh, hilarious. It's an octopus, uh, cream of octopus. Some lobster bisque sounds good, though. Mm-hmm. Some sort of cream-based soup she splatters across her face. I think the, the cream would maintain the heat uh, better than like a water-based broth. Mm-hmm. All Probably. Right. Anyway, we've talked about lots of stuff, um, sure. including mustards. Do we need to talk about anything else? Plugs? We just probably close this thing out the way we normally do. We should probably close this episode the way we close every episode prior to this one. Falsified his research so that our DU-90 could be approved and Devil McGregor could give you Provasic. The Monster Hunters are Derek Glasscock, Keith Gala, and Terry Vicroy. Keith is the host of the Pop-Up Filmcast, and that was great, wasn't it? Both shows can be found wherever you subscribe to podcasts. For more about Keith's shows, you can follow Pop-Up Filmcast on Twitter at Pop-Up Filmcast. And that was great, wasn't it, at How Great Was That? You can also follow Keith on Twitter at KG3030. Terry is one of the hosts of Run the Reel. It's a movie podcast that does deep dives on films with a theme. You can follow Run the Reel on Twitter at Run the Reel. You can also follow Terry on Twitter at Terry underscore Vicroy. If you would like more musings from me, you can follow on Twitter at Derek the number nine and the word nine. Follow Monster Hunters on Twitter at Monster Hunters and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice for more Monster Hunter fun. Monster Hunters is mixed and edited by me, Derek. All original music is composed and mixed by Terry Vicroy and executive producers are me and Keith Gullett. The Monster Hunters is a Crispy Dodo production.